Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets what is discipleship. I want to thank you all for joining me as I cover a new series entitled Called into Discipleship. Within this series, I will go over what discipleship is and the importance of becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Recently, I completed a series entitled The Importance of Bible Study, and Bible study is great and necessary, but the aim is to not just be a reader of God's Word. We want to be active doers of God's Word. In James, the first chapter, in the 22nd through the 25th verse, it states, But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This scripture is letting us know that a person can read the Bible all day long. A person can listen to podcasts talking about God and Jesus all day long. They can go to all these conferences geared towards one's godly success every time a conference is announced. They can even watch Christian networks on TV. But... If they are only hearers of God's word, they're just listening. It is literally going in one ear and out of the other. It takes no effect in that person's life. That person might get a couple of key targeted points that they can ponder on, but nothing takes effect unless the person acts on it. And it's similar to somebody going up to a mirror, just like scripture states person can go up to a mirror and people know what a mirror is I hope a mirror is something that gives a true representation of what is reflected so imagine somebody walking up to a mirror looking at their face intently intently means that they are going in on their face they see their lines their wrinkles they see what needs to be cleaned They see that. They see their imperfections. They see that their hair needs to be brushed, combed, done. They see that they need to wash their face, apply moisturizer, lip gloss, teeth need to be brushed, eyes and nose need to be cleaned out. That's what looking at your face intently means. So this person's looking at their face intently. They see the flaws that they can control. But instead of putting in the work to work on what they can control, like brushing their teeth, washing their face, applying moisturizer, applying lip shine, combing or brushing their hair, what they do is recognize the imperfections and they walk away and they forget what they look like. They know they look a mess. They go up to the mirror and say, oh my goodness, I need to do this with my hair. Oh, I need to brush my teeth. Oh, I need to apply lip shine. Oh, I need some moisturizer for my face. Oh, I really need to clean this out. They say all that, 
They see all of that. And then they walk away and they forget what they just looked at. See, mirrors expose. Mirrors provide a sense of reality. Mirrors expose what you look like. Mirrors identify what's on you by just reflecting what's before them. And when a person walks up to a mirror, the mirror is already showing you what time it is or what you look like. A mirror is not going to say, hey, what's going on? Come here. Got some stuff in your face right there. Want me to clean it out for you? Open your mouth. Let Let me brush your teeth for you. Hey, pick up that lip shine. Pass it here. I'll apply it for you. A mirror won't do that. You know what the mirror will do? It will reflect what you represent when you walk up to it. The mirror's not walking up to you either. A mirror can't change you. A mirror can only expose the change that needs to take place within you and the external changes that you can control. But for a person to go up to a mirror, accountability must kick in because now you see what needs to be changed and fixed. You see what you look like. You see how people will perceive you when you walk out the door or wherever you are. That's what doing is all about. You see it. You see what needs to be changed and you start actively doing something to fix it. This is what takes place when a person reads the Bible, reads God's word. The word of God serves as a mirror, letting you know, okay, this is God's word. I'm looking at it. I'm reflecting things that are not pleasing to God. So it's time for me to do something. Let me do what I need to do according to God's word. That's being a doer of the word. We might have to apply the salve, the ointment of God's commands in our lives. We might have to moisturize some areas in our life. Okay? When we become doers of God's word, that is when the transformation begins. The true transformation internally and externally. The spiritual, the physical, the mental, the relational, the financial, the emotional Those transformations begin. They take place. And we want transformation. We don't want stagnation. We don't want to be the one going to all these events, all these conferences. God in you conference. The true you conference. Trust in God conference. Love yourself conference. Be decent conference. You know God loves you conference. Stop that conference. You don't want to be the one going to all these conferences and you listen to what these people are saying and the people who are saying what they're saying at the conference, they're for real about it. They are talking about God. They are really trying to give you the word of God where you can digest it, eat it, and actually start doing it. But the work depends on the person, the attendee. Will the attendee be an active doer? Because if a person is not going to do With God's words, it doesn't matter how many conferences you go to. It doesn't matter how you felt when you were there. It doesn't matter if the hairs on your arms stood up and you started shouting and jumping up and down. It doesn't matter if you do not 
internalize the word of God, digest it, and do what God says do. All you're doing is listening. Or not you, somebody. That person is listening. They're hearing. But no change is taking place. God is exposing the areas in their life that they need to work on. Be you. Be decent. Be true. God loves you. Love others. Forgive. All those conferences. And if you don't do what God says, it's not helping you. It's not going to help you if you don't do what God says. Yeah, the messages will be dynamic. They'll be real. Oh, that was a mighty word. Yeah, it was mighty because it's God's word and God's word is alive and active. But are you going to do or is that person going to do what God said? And I'm not against conferences whatsoever. I'm not against events. I'm not against conferences. I'm not against seminars. They are all great resources of motivation, inspiration, and encouragement in God's word. But if a person is going there and they're not doing anything to apply what has been taught into their daily life, it's nothing. Let me go back to my classic example. Working out. A person can go to a workout event. Learn how to work out in five easy steps. They show up. The people at the event, the seminar, the conference is letting the individual know this is what you need to do. You need to do A, B, C, D, and E. E requires you to eat right. D requires you to get adequate sleep. C requires you to implement at least, at least 30 minutes of workout or exercise throughout your day. B requires you to exercise at least three to five times per week. A requires you to shift your mindset to let you know that you can do this, making sure to speak positive thoughts about you working out and looking at it from a different perspective and not as a chore, okay? So if somebody has the five-step program at the conference, he at the conference or a person is at the conference and they getting goodie bags, okay? Little snacks that they can hopefully implement into their little workout regimen. There's several workout booths and demonstrations and just giveaways all throughout the conference. People getting little snacks, coupons, free journals and pens and stickers on making a mental note on when to work out and when to exercise and how many reps to do and showing you how to do squats properly, showing you how to do sit-ups properly and crunches properly, showing you how to lift weights and showing you what to do. The conference or the seminar or the workshop is even providing individuals with vouchers on companies providing workouts on demand for three months, a year, full year free. A person goes to all that having a good time at the conference event just yeah yeah because I'm really trying to you know work on myself and you know new year new me you know and I know what I need to work on but you know it's just kind of hard but after attending this conference there's no stopping me now it's no excuse exactly exactly no excuse yes you have to take time for yourself I mean if you don't invest in yourself I mean how do you expect anybody else to invest in you you it starts with the body and the mind Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been so helpful. You really don't understand how you've changed my life. I mean, this is great. 
Now, the person who was saying all of that, listening to all of that, hearing all of that, conversing with people, trying to give them tips on what to do, they experienced this conference, this event, this seminar, this workshop in a very real way. They get home. They don't do anything. They look in the mirror. I need to drop a couple of pounds. I mean, I just, I just don't know what to do. I mean, I have all the resources here, but it's just too much. I mean, I need time for me. Like, I need a break to treat myself. I need to treat myself. It's just it's too rough. Mm-mm. You see how there's no benefit there? If you don't do what you've been commanded, required, and advised to do. And then some people go as far as to say, that working out stuff just doesn't work for me. I mean, eating healthy and eating right, it doesn't really work. I mean, it only works for some people. I mean, the people at the conference, they were real fit and nice and all types of stuff. I mean, I wish my body was like that, but it's just... It's too much of a commitment, and I have so many other commitments that I just leave it alone. I just go to the next conference, you know, get motivated again so I can lose weight. Y'all get the point. I believe you do. I hope you do. Okay. You don't want to be the one doing that. You don't want to be the one just going to listen. You want to be the person who heard it, and you do it. Because it's all in the doing. It's all in the obeying. It's all in the studying. It's all in the application. This is in every area and aspect of your life, too. People who are in school, you have to do something to get a degree. People who go to work, you have to do something to get the paycheck. People who live and lead healthy lifestyles, they had to do something to get there. People who have great relationships and good communication. They had to do something to achieve that. People who are saving money, watching their accounts. They had to actively do something to make sure things are maintained. Things have to be done in order to achieve the results that you're aiming for and aiming towards. You have to do something. And that's even in studying God's word and being a determined follower of Jesus Christ. You have to do something. If you want to follow Jesus, repentance is doing something. Forgiveness is doing something. Accountability is doing something. Thinking on the things of God is doing something. Confronting Issues in a God-honoring way is doing something. Giving is doing something. And being a doer of God's word is the foundation, whether you believe it or not, it's the foundation of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So you might ask, what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower who accepts and assist in the spreading of a doctrine, the spreading of a message, the spreading of a movement. 
Now, what is a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because there are a lot of disciples running around. But the difference from them in you is that you are a determined follower of Jesus Christ and you are one of Jesus' disciples. And that means you not only follow Jesus, but you do. You are a doer of what he says. And I'm going to drive this point. I'm going to drive it. I'm going to drill it. And I am going to pack it in. Okay? By a person doing and a person following Jesus, they are in a position to influence others to be hearers and doers of the word of God through their lifestyle. And that includes teaching the word of God, living the word of God, preaching and encouraging in the word of God, serving from the word of God, giving, listening, counseling, working in a God-honoring way, no matter what job or career that you have. The aim is to be a doer in God's word in every area and aspect of your life. Because as a person is doing what God commanded them to do, they will begin to influence people and then a true impact takes place where it's a ripple effect targeting hundreds and thousands of people's lives. Being a doer of God's word is serious business. And being a doer is the key word, it's the key target. When a person is doing what God says, it leaves a lasting impression and impact on people that you meet or encounter in life. Especially when you're serious about doing it. It's just your lifestyle. That's just who you are. You're not putting on the front. It's just your nature. When you are a disciple, you are a minister. And a minister is a person who takes care or attends the needs of someone. As a disciple, no matter what the capacity or the area of life where God calls you to minister to people, God could be calling you to minister in helping the poor, preaching, teaching, giving, sowing, granting mercy, whatever it is. Wherever God calls you, he calls you to be an imitator of Jesus Christ in everything that you do. And this is what makes a person different from another person who's just given to the poor. One person's given to the poor with one motive. But a disciple of Jesus Christ who gives to the poor, they're doing it knowing that Jesus is the foundation of their giving. Jesus is the foundation of their motives. And when they do it, give to the poor, they utilize that moment in time as an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ. As a disciple... And remember, a disciple is a determined follower, an imitator of Jesus Christ, a doer of the word of God. When a disciple does what God commands them to do in another person's life, that ripple effect hits differently. 
And then the ripple effect in turn can create more disciples leading into discipleship. And discipleship can be identified or defined as the making of disciples where one is teaching and helping others to learn more about the word of God. You're teaching people or a person is being taught how to grow in the word of God and become imitators, followers, and doers of the word of God. It's all about doing. It's all about doing. And I'm pretty sure that people listening, they can't stand when people say that they are about something, that they do something, and then they find out that they really don't do that. They just say it. Oh, you know, because I, you know, because I don't. And then when you follow that person and what they said they do and what they don't, you find out, oh, they're liars. They don't do anything they say. That makes a person mad, right? It makes them angry, especially when you have an expectation for them and they said they can perform something that they cannot perform. It's just the same. It ought to make somebody mad. When somebody's walking around saying, you know, because I just believe God. You know, I just do what God say all the time. Every, I, I put God first in everything. You follow them home. Oh, I thought you said you put God first. Oh, you know. You, you know how it is. I mean, I'm human. <laughs> God knows my heart. It's all about doing. And what I want to do is review Matthew the fourth chapter in the 18th through the 22nd verse. And I went over this in the importance of Bible study series, but it is fitting for this motivational aim too. And you know why it's fitting and why it's applicable? Because the word of God is alive and active. So I encourage you to read Matthew, the fourth chapter in the 18th through the 22nd verse. But this is what it says. As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. So you heard that. You have Jesus, the living, active word of God, walking along the Sea of Galilee. Jesus did everything with purpose. He didn't haphazardly walk or stumble onto this route he was taking. Jesus knew what he was doing. He was calling or going up to the very ones God had chosen to be his disciples. So what happens? The word of God was presented to these two sets of brothers. But what is key is that they were in the middle of doing something, and that was fishing. They already had a routine going on in life. They had their ways about them. They were already in their business or career or their entrepreneur efforts. And Jesus called them. These men were in a zone fishing. And yes, they were fishing because it was their profession and their work. 
but they were fishing. And when you fish, what are you doing? You're looking for something. You're searching for something. And this is kind of a sidebar, but it fits into this motivational aim and target. But you have folks out here fishing for information. You have people out here fishing for compliments, fishing for likes, fishing for status, fishing for their identity, fishing for acceptance. They catfishing. They're fishing for love. They're fishing for closure, fishing for a platform, fishing for a deal, fishing for followers, fishing for a plot, fishing for a scheme. Some people out here fishing for control, fishing for peace, fishing for money, fishing for relationships, fishing for a fix. Some people are out here fishing for joy, fishing for conversation, fishing for purpose. And let's say a person was fishing for all of that. And then one day, Jesus sees them over there fishing away. Just fishing. Fishing all day. Fishing all night. Can't go home. Fishing. Jesus sees what they're fishing for. He sees them fishing away. He knows what they're searching for. And he knows what you're searching for. He knows that there's a void in somebody's life that they're trying to fill. That's why they're fishing. They're fishing for things to make them happy and complete. And if they find it as they fish, if they can just acquire that one thing, they won't have to fish anymore. And Jesus is over there watching you, walking by along the sea, walking past your house, walking past you at your desk, at your job, walking past you in your house, dealing with people. He knows what you are searching for. He knows you're searching for purpose. He knows that you're searching for wholeness and Jesus comes up to you and tells you, follow me because I'm what you need. I'm what you've been searching for this whole time. Start studying God's word. Start following me. And as you follow me and do what God commanded you to do and you imitate me and you sit under my leadership you will become my disciple because you will be able to then help people be what they are called to be. And you can use your testimony of what you were fishing for. And as you were fishing, you found me. I called you and you actually took the steps to come my way. And your life has never been the same. And I want you to tell people how good I've been to you and the good news that my name carries. So Jesus takes the very skills that these men use to fish for what they thought they were fishing for and searching for. And Jesus turns it around and says, I will make you fish for people. Has that ever happened to you? You were in need. You were searching. You had this void. You didn't know which way to turn. And Jesus spoke to you, told you to follow him, get involved in my word, start doing A, B, C, and D. And you actually do it. And then when you see people 
after your life has been transformed and you're a work in progress, but you are following Jesus, you see people fishing, and you're like, man, I know what that's like. I've been there. I've been trying to fish. And I'm letting them people know, hey, it's nothing over there. Let me go over there and share the good news of Jesus. And that's what Jesus did. He used individuals who were fishing, trying to fill voids, and help them to become disciples where they're going to help people figure out and learn about Jesus so that they can keep this perpetual cycle of discipleship going. You understand, okay, I'm searching for something that I can't find. I can only find it in Jesus. Once I find it and I see people going through the same thing, let me share the good news of Jesus and just live a life where they can see this and their lives will be transformed and changed because they're looking at what God did for me and then they'll realize God can do it for them. It's a ripple effect. Jesus can take the very things that have a person bound in their mind, release them, where they are now using what tried to bind them to bless other people. Scripture lets us know that these brothers immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. They left their nets. They left the traps that tried to keep them entangled in what the world said they should be fishing for. And they followed Jesus. And they started fishing for people to tell the good news to. And another point that I just thought about is when they left their nets, the sets of brothers who left their daddy, I don't read in the scripture where their daddy started hollering and screaming like, come back over here, you know, get back over here. You have to follow me, follow this. Let's say that that happened, if we use our spiritual imagination. If that did happen, these men were strong enough to follow Jesus and what was trying to suck them back in, that net. But if a person understands that Jesus is the way, they're not going to yell at somebody for going along with Jesus. Be mindful of that. When you start making your way to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you start doing what God says, you are going to experience opposition. People will say some of the most crazy things, disrespectful, hurtful things to you who you thought was on your team. What do you do? Are you going to get trapped in that net of trying to please them and satisfy them? Or are you going to leave the nets behind and keep doing what Jesus called and commanded you to do? God is powerful. And how many of you have experienced something like that? God comes into your life. Well, let me rephrase that. Jesus and God have been in your life, but one day you invited them into your life. And after they've been calling and showing you that what you're fishing for will not fill you up, and you start fishing for them instead, you experience Jesus and God in a brand new way. It's real. And God knows how to use your skill set, the very things that you have mastered and you know how to do where you are in pursuit of helping others get out of traps. That's the motivational force or nets. That's the motivational force behind you going to help people into a relevant, meaningful relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
You are doing something. You are leaving the entangled nets from your past behind. You're leaving aspects of relationships that do not satisfy behind. Some relationships you aren't throwing away. Now you are just prioritizing your relationship with Christ before all others, just like these brothers did. You are remaining in communication with your brothers or your sisters in Christ, like-minded people, and you're sharing the good news of Jesus. If you're doing all of this and you're aiming to do all of this, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus was calling people back then, and he's still calling people today. Jesus told people to follow him back then, and he's still telling people to stop fishing for what you don't need or what you think you don't have and follow me. It's still going on. The question is, what are you going to do? Not what you're thinking about, not what you're going to think, not what you're going to say, but what are you going to do? And when you do it, will you be bold and do what God commands you to do in front of people you know and people you don't know? Even if it means leaving your nets, your past, what doesn't satisfy, what is not working, will you leave those nets behind? Will you be a disciple? Will you be a doer of the word of God? Jesus commands us in Matthew, the 28th chapter, in the 19th through the 20th verse, to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. God commanded us to be doers and disciples. Believing in Jesus Christ is excellent. It is. Declaring the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior is vital. But making disciples is serious business. Discipleship includes teaching people, imitating before people the very nature and ways of Jesus Christ, going contrary to the current of the world. And I want to share this. There is a multiplication breakdown I saw online that focuses on the difference of leading people to Christ every year and leading people to become disciples, which includes accepting Jesus every year. Now, the difference in the two is astounding because a lot of people, let's convert people to believe in Jesus. Let's convert people. That's great. You want to convert people, and you want to lead people to Christ. You want people to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. But what happens after they accept Jesus? They just accept him? Something is supposed to be going on. They're supposed to be doing something after that to draw people in. And the difference that I saw online is astounding. The data describes that aiming for people to just be Christians alone is just addition. But if one goes to make disciples, then that number grows by multiplication, multiplying. And it's all good. As I said earlier, it's good to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But we want to be determined 
followers and disciples of Jesus. As you ponder and think on this episode and the word of God, I want you to leave with a few questions that I encourage you to either write down and answer and share them with God, share them with people who you trust and people who are aiming to be determined followers and disciples of Jesus Christ as well. And these questions are as follows, and they aren't trick questions either. And I believe you know the answers to these questions. It's all about being real with yourself and with God. And the first question is, why has Jesus called you to become a disciple? Number two, why is discipleship relevant today? Number three, what action words describe a disciple of Jesus Christ? Number four, What were you fishing for before you followed Jesus? Number five, how has God used your skills to encourage someone to follow Jesus Christ? So answer the questions. And if there are some areas where you need to work on, pray about it. Do something about it. Create boundaries, but answer the questions. Answer them, and don't beat yourself up either. If you see something in your response that does not reflect what God wants you to reflect, change it up, but just bounce back and do what you need to do, and most importantly, do what God commanded you to do, okay? And a scripture I would like to leave you with is Matthew the 28th chapter in the 19th through the 20th verse, and it reads, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I selected this scripture as a reminder of what God commands us to do. Yes, you are a follower and disciple of Christ, but you aren't doing anything alone. God has you. Jesus is guiding you. And the Holy Spirit is constantly teaching you and reminding you of God's word. So remain encouraged. Thanks for tuning in. Visit Dr. Kenitra Bryant dot com for additional encouraging resources and apparel connect with me on instagram at aims towards the target and on the uversion bible app where you can download subscribe and complete some bible plans geared towards your discipleship journey thanks for spending time with me today enjoy the remainder of your day as you do what god has commanded you to do peace and god bless